So, you slept in. Well, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get some sleep. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. And there's a lot of reasons we get together as a church. We like community. We like having that support that comes with that and encouragement. Uh, we like we like hanging out together. We like to sing music together. We like to sing our stories. We like to hang out with the kids. And we can't give you any of that through a podcast. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, maybe you're on summer vacation or working or coaching your kids' soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. Mm. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. The Bible is not meant to make everybody think alike. In fact, we encourage you to question, disagree, figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. Matthew 13. Oh, we're still in Matthew 13. Yes, we're still talking about parables. Yes. Yes, yes. So um, this sermon is about Matthew 13, 24 to 30 and 36 to 43, which is the parable of of another. We're back to farming. We're back to farming parables again. Thanks, Jesus. Yes. Where a guy who was, who did the right thing and, and planted all the right seeds in the right places for his wheat field um, has an enemy come in the night. Ooh. And so um, what we call, um, what we think of it, it, weeds, right? They're weeds. Tears is what we, uh, it's also another name for this parable. T-A-R-E. Tears. Yes. T-A-R-E. Tears. Tears. Not, not, not. Ripping. Yeah. Um, anyway, and and the thing about this weed is it looks like wheat. Oh. Until it grows. And then, so anyway, in the story, the guy's servants want to go into the field and take out the weeds before right. the harvest. And the owner of the field uh, says, no. No, we'll wait and separate it later. Let them grow together. Let them grow together. And then there's an explanation. That's the second part of our scripture. Jesus explains it to the disciples. It's one of his creepier explanations. Right. It is. It really is. And, and you know. But it's also good to remember that, like, those explanations, just, the ones that we have of parables, were added much, much, much later. later. Which means that however Jesus interpreted them to his disciples, they weren't part of the original narrative. Right. Like, he just tossed out these parables and said, figure it out. And listen. Yeah, figure it out. Listen. Figure it out. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. But people who could not handle the ambiguity of oh, the parables. And we came, know those people. We do. We do. Um, they, they came in later and they were like, but this is the way you should explain Right. It. Right. This really. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's not how parables work. No. Uh, I went looking at this passage and, you know, one of the things I got thinking about was how it would be so lovely if there weren't weeds. I know. Right? Because uh, it seems like when I plant a garden, or even at my house right now, the weeds are growing better than the grass I've planted. And and in, in how simple life would be if there were no weeds. Straightforward. Right. But, it would be very straightforward. 
But, but then know. you start to think, well, what is the definition of a weed? Well, a weed is a weed by the definition of the Sunset Western Gardening Book, which oh, is geez. We have a which definition. is the authority out here in the West for planting things uh-huh. in a lot of ways. It says weeds are wild plants growing out of place. Out of place. And I like but that. But is there a right place for them? Well, there would be a right place for... Like in the wild, perhaps. In the wild, perhaps. (laughs) I have a great book that I love to read to the kids. Uh, It's very poetical. It's called Weeds Find a Way. Oh, uh uh-huh. And it's like the beauty of weeds is that they will... They have all these innovative ways of becoming plants, plants. you know? Right, right. How they they get themselves planted and all the things. And they're beautiful. Like, yeah. Out of place. Out of place, right? So... And, and they're competitors with what we are intending to grow. Right. Right. Is another way of thinking about that. And and I got thinking about how weeds are just inevitable. They are inevitable. Because um, weeds will find a way. Weeds will find a way. And, and if I you think don't about, believe me, I have a book about it. Uh, I do believe you. <laughs> I, but I always think about, um, you've probably seen this too, when you're driving in the Central Valley and you see those big fields of like, usually it's not cotton, but it's like... Um, like maybe an alfalfa crop or something like that. Oh, yeah. A feed well, crop. I, I grew up, uh, right. my backyard was a hayfield, so. Right, but you know how it looks all beautiful and green, and then there's uh-huh. that one mustard plant <laughs> that pops up right Or in the one sun, the, the one that kills me is like the one sunflower in the middle of a field. Yeah. Right, it's totally a weed. It's a weed, but it's, it's a weed. beautiful. It's beautiful, right? But that's how it happens, right? But weeds are inevitable, and as we think about. You know, Jesus doesn't just talk about fields, right? He's obviously not just talking about his fields. He's talking about lives and he's talking about the world. And and I think about weeds in our own lives are inevitable. Whether it's by um, our own inattention to the kinds of seeds we are planting mm-hmm. or or the weeds that blow into our lives without warning or because of an unthinking action by somebody else like like picking up a dandelion and blowing it. Yes. Right? That's the best. And Jesus talks about, you know, some sort of malevolent force uh-huh. that, you know, the devil came in and sowed the seeds in the field, right? right. It's a way of saying it wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't intend <laughs> we for it. We did not intend for that, right? But but however we experience weeds, we want to get rid of them in our midst and, and return to order. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other kind of way that weeds end up in our lives. And that's when we think that it's a good thing. When we think it looks like wheat. Right. Or um, we think it, it might be the solution to all the problems we have. Oh, do you have an example of that? I totally do. You know <laughs> what it is. Um, so there, there's this vine that has taken over the South. Yeah. It's called kudzu. Yeah. It is not a native species. It is an invasive species. But it was brought. It was brought into... Um, on the, purpose. On purpose. To fix uh, all of the South's problems. Yes, Right. For, it was a great shade plant, and it was a great hay and forage crop to feed other animals, and it was a solution to erosion. And the government produced 84 million seedlings Ooh. before they realized there was a problem. Yeah, and the problem is that kudzu grows about a foot a day. Right, a foot a day and 50, se- 50 feet in a growing season. Yeah. So you can almost watch it grow. So what happens? It doesn't stay where it's supposed to stay. It doesn't do what it, exactly what it's supposed to do. So it starts to choke out orchards and it starts to break the baling machines that they're trying to use to, 
to harvest it, to it? make it, no, to make it, ba- to make it feed crop. Oh, right. Right? Like, they're trying to put it in. Bar- it's stronger than the, than the baler. Well, it's like long and, you know, weird. And then there's, there's even apocryphal tales of it growing so much that it grows over railroad tracks and causes trains to slip off the track. Wow. Right. And so then Kudzu, who, what, what was this miraculous plant? You know, all of a all sudden, sudden it's a weed. It's a pest. And, it, and here's another definition. The Department of Agriculture calls a weed um, a plant that does more harm than good. That's even more harsh. Yeah. Right? Well. Well, yeah. And here, God, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like a field where good seed is planted and yet weeds come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we started out with the best of intentions and here we are. And we have this picture of the servant saying, let's go fix that crop. Which was actually, it sounds like, from historical research, the actual way that, that most farmers dealt with it. Would have been to pull it out early. Would have been to pull it out as early as soon as they could. Um, especially since the weed we're talking about is pretty noxious. Right. and It's poisonous. <laughs> it's not going to feed you. It's not, and it's not going to feed you. <laughs> and the roots are going to get all intertwined. Right. And... But when you think about... Um, Servants going into the field to weed the field, every time that happens, your actual crop is reduced. Right. Because they can't avoid, you know, this is a hay field, right? They can't avoid stepping on something. Right. They can't avoid breaking something. So there's a profit and loss kind of, you know, how do we deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. In Jesus' story, the grower is willing to wait. He's not in a hurry. It's not a hurry, and and it's not. It's even more that um, it's not about a hurry uh, to me. To me, it's that sense of how we experience God, and how where where we realize that God is waiting on us to catch up. God is in the for the big harvest, right. the widest harvest, and God is going to risk having poison in the middle of it. So that we that the most you know can be harvested. Try and protect the most plants. To protect everything, and it's counter to conventional wisdom, right? It's, right. it's another situation where we're going. Huh? Well, well, I wouldn't have thought it that way, right? God is going to wait for patience until the harvest to harvest, not the harvest, right? Because I don't want to get us into end time thinking, right? Right. But there's these moments at which. Where, where the fruitful can be separated from the tear, the right. not so fruitful. And patience for God, because God has this amazing patience with people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And and sometimes we have to, when we put ourselves in the other, on the flip side, that's us being patient for God, mm-hmm. right? They, they, it's not just a one-way street, but right. sometimes we get impatient and do things that, that cause... Um, the you know we think we know what's best. We think it's our harvest time. We think that's the right fix it, fix, fix it, it now, right? Quick to judge, and and in that process we we go off the rails, yeah. right? Because we'll think, oh, this is a good thing, and we and trample some things, and we trample some things, and we choose the wrong fruit, right? <laughs> we get yeah. distracted. I'm thinking about like when I want. Like when I think I've learned my lesson, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. Like I've got it. I've got everything you need to teach me out of this. Let's, let's. I'm ready for the along. next, I'm ready for the next lesson. Yeah. And like, maybe I haven't. Right. You know, maybe I haven't. And that, that harvest time is not coming yet. Um, yeah. 
I think it's helpful for me because of the way that the scripture is interpreted later by mm-hmm. these helpful people. Helpful people. Um, again, they tend to turn everything into like good people and bad, bad people. people instead of recognizing like in my own life. In my own there life. There are fruitful practices mm-hmm. and there are practices that cause harm. Right. And so to have that, to recognize that there are moments in my life when I can step back and say, okay, we're going to keep the good stuff. Right. We're going to get rid of the stuff that's not useful. Right. And, and, you know, and maybe it served a purpose. Maybe it's right. taught me something. Exactly. Well, and sometimes that's the that's the key, right? Like, it isn't like everything we've ever done before this moment that we have a moment of revelation is bad. We don't have to hoard everything. Right. But we also, that there's a sense of like, there will be times when it's time to look at the harvest. Right. And go, okay, here's something that I have put a lot of value in, whether it's a practice, whether it's a person, whether it's um, a value a value or an understanding, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we all grow in understanding other people and other people's situations. And, and we, but we sometimes we just hold on to things. And if we don't take the time, a harvest time to sort of say, that one's not serving me well, I'm going to let that go. Yeah. Um, that's not serving the kingdom of God. Let's separate I'm let that, that out. Go. And it doesn't mean we have to be harsh about it. We don't have, it doesn't mean that even if like our best friend is still doing that practice that we find no value in. That that's bad for them. That that's bad for them. Yeah. It could, yeah. could work for them. Could work could for them. Could be fruitful for them. Could be fruitful for them. You know, I think of a lot of spiritual practices that are not my thing. Mm-hmm. They don't fit my personality. You know, but there are, are things. Are you saying that you don't secretly go home and liturgically dance every night? I don't. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. My neighbors are sure too. Uh... But this doesn't mean that, like, that's not a great expression for some people. Right. Right. Okay, there's probably not going to be a time with spiritual, liturgical dance, but who knows is my thing. You know. It could become your thing, Chris. There are many days ahead. Oh, I'm all about liturgical dance. (laughs) I have ribbons on sticks. It's amazing. I frolic. Right. Yes. Yes. You've seen my onesie. (laughs) I know that it's not a a leotard. It's a... It's pajamas, but it works. But it, but it works it, for me. But it works for you, right? In all of this, I think about, you know, perhaps we need to hear a, a different a, a, a reinterpretation or a, a slightly different version of this of this parable because I think we get caught in that, that funny little explanation that's in the text right. that um, is simplistic. And is definitely so deeply culturally rooted in yeah. first century Hellenistic christianity right and that's not where we are right (gasps) if you were a greek person and you also spoke the coptic languages Uh would they call you a helicopter (laughs) oh chris i thought we agreed we weren't telling bad jokes oh we love bad jokes oh anyway um so here's one that barbara brand taylor has written and um i think it speaks to what we're talking about so i want to end with that so here it is One afternoon in the middle of the growing season, a bunch of farmhands decided to surprise their boss and weed his favorite wheat field. Side note, I think it's hilarious that their boss has a favorite 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 wheat wheat field. field. (laughs) No sooner, sooner had they began to work, however, than they began to argue. First about which of the weed wheat looking things were weeds and then about the rest of the weeds. Did the Queen Anne's lace pose a real threat to the wheat? Or could it stay for decoration? Hmm. And the blackberries? They would be ripe in just a week or two, but they were, after all, weeds. 
or were they? And the honeysuckle. It seemed a shame to pull up anything that smelled so sweet. About the time they had gotten around to debating the purple asters, the boss showed up and ordered them out of his field. Dejected, they did as they were told. Back at the barn, he took their machetes away from them. I love that line. Poured them some lemonade and made them sit down where they could watch the way the light moved across the field. At first, they, all they could see were the weeds and what a messy field it was. What a discredit to them and their profession. But as the summer wore on, they marveled at the profusion of growth. Tall wheat surrounded by tall goldenrod, ragweed, and brown-eyed Susans. The tares and the poison ivy flourished alongside the Cherokee roses and the milkweed, and it was a mess, but a glorious mess. And when it had all bloomed and ripened and gone to seed, the reapers came. Carefully, gently, expertly, they gathered the wheat and made the rest into bricks for the oven where the bread was baked, and a fire that the weeds made was excellent, and the flour that the wheat made was excellent. And when the harvest was over, the owner called them all together, the farmhands, the reapers, and all the neighbors, and broke bread with them. Bread that was the final distillation of that whole messy, gorgeous, mixed-up field, and they all agreed that it was like no bread any of them had ever tasted before, and that it was very, very good. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Susan, and thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to these weedy topics we've been in today, you can shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin.com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, We respond fairly quickly to Facebook. (laughs) Um, The scripture for the podcast is another parable from Matthew 13. What are the verses, Susan? The verses are, um, where were the verses? 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Oh, you're good. I am so good. (laughs) And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. My homework for you this week as we send you forth with a blessing. My homework for you, um, well, maybe not this whole week, because maybe, but maybe in the next few days, is to look around and and to, to carefully look at the harvest and look where you need to be patient. Look where God is being patient with you and also see where you might have some weeding to do. But do it carefully and do it kindly.